with another Vertigo Voices. I'm Colby. I'm Sophia. And today, our 21st episode, we're going to take a break from our pilot season. A little commercial break. (laughs) (laughs) Any sponsors want to come in for that commercial, Mm. just let us know. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of the episode, I'll start with the garnish. Um, (laughs) First of all, phone check. We're good. We're good. I had to turn it off for church, so we're fine. (laughs) I've got a little surprise. Last episode, I commented uh, about Jonah Hex, the movie. Remember, we were looking up reviews on, or looking up the weighted average on Letterboxd. Um, Also, re-listening to that, I I said, I think I said 220,000, and I meant to say 22,000. Yes. So it makes it sound sound like there's a shitload more people that watch that movie than did. (laughs) So I apologize for that, but uh, I spent some time plowing through Letterboxd trying to find um, five-star reviews of Jonah Hex. You did not. Yes. I spent a lot of time looking through reviews. I couldn't find any five-star reviews. And I, again, I looked through a lot. Um, but I did find some really positive reviews. I just focused on, on reviews that had a little heart next to it. Mm. If you've got a heart next to it, it means it's a favorite of yours. So I'm going to read through some... Uh, some Jonah Hex four and a half, three and a half, four star, whatever, reviews from Letterboxd and just broadly asked the question, like, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> because clearly there's something wrong here. But anyway, so here's the first. This is a three and a half star review from Charlotte Shockey. Uh, that's just the name of the user. Uh, it's cool concept. Never read the comics, in parentheses. Enjoyed the fight scenes. Although the strip of skin across the corner of his mouth kept throwing me off. But otherwise, a good movie. Okay. Okay, Charlotte. <laughs> That's the only problem with Jonah Hex, the strip of skin over the corner of his mouth. <laughs> yeah. Minor inconvenience. Okay, next one. This is from Benjamin. John Malkovich and his leprechaun boyfriend built the world's biggest Gatling gun to resurrect the Confederacy, while Cowboy Two-Face shoots exploding crossbows and does other cool stuff that you can't see because it's too dark. Well, that movie actually sounds more interesting than Jonah Hex. <laughs> the funny thing, like, it's it's obviously like a, like a, I'm so clever review, you know? But it's like, you still heart at it, dude. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> like, you don't do that when you're uh, writing a uh, snarky review. <laughs> okay, next one. This is from Isabel, three and a half stars for the film Jonah Hex. I must reiterate. <laughs> <laughs> Megan Fox, I'm free Thursday afternoon. If you want to hang out on Thursday afternoon when I am free. Ringing endorsement. Okay. From Isabel. All right. Thanks, Isabel. Uh, Next one. This one, I'm afraid I can't argue with. Uh, This is a three and a half star review by Audrey Hacker. Still better than Batman versus Superman. (laughs) She's not wrong. So that's the one so far I've been like, yeah, okay, I get it. (laughs) Thank you, Audrey. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, This one. This is a four and a half star review of Jonah Hex. Four and a half. Yeah, by Lucas. A near masterpiece, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Literally, the only thing that could have made this a full five out of five is if Neville Dean and Taylor had directed it. Parentheses. Jimmy Hayward did a fine job. 
it just really could have been great with their crazy frenetic filmmaking. I can't argue with that. Much more of Megan Fox's character and much more hot fastbender. <laughs> but seriously, what a wonderful, crazy, weird movie. I mean, I totally agree with the Neville Dean and Taylor aspect, but it's not good. <laughs> Still not good. Okay, this is from Holgar Hase, maybe. I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, three and a half star review. Surprisingly refreshing take on the Western genre, featuring a wonderful assortment of excellent actors. It's a bit all over the place, but given its blissfully short running time, never overstays its welcome. <laughs> it's blissfully short 72-minute running time. That feels like three hours. <laughs> Would have loved to see a series of movies with this character. Add this to the long list of films everyone seems to hate that I like. Of course, that list is overshadowed by the list of films everyone hates. Or sorry, everyone likes that I hate. And if I recall, I looked. I didn't. I didn't take a screenshot of it. But if I recall, I looked up this guy's list of like movies that he loves and hates. And yeah, he's pretty much an outlier on everything. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I gotta ask. I mean, how many westerns have you seen, sir? <laughs> Well, it's just, I, I hate that, like, feeling of, well, if everyone else, or if, if I like it, but everyone else hates it, or vice versa, then, like, I'm right, and the whole world is wrong. Right, like, right. What, what are the odds of that? I mean, sure, we've all got our guilty pleasures, and we've all got our things, but, I mean, come on. Let's, let's be real about it. Right. If you like a <laughs> shitty movie, just be like, I like a shitty movie. Yeah. All right, next is Twiver. I don't know how to pronounce that. It's a four-star review, again, of the film Jonah Hex. What is wrong with y'all? This movie is awesome. More fun than all the Marvel clones. We need more Megan Fox in films. It's like pineapple on your pizza. Wrong, but really nice. Fuck you. <laughs> Four stars? Yeah. Really? Wrong, but really nice. I'm, you know, whatever. Megan Fox, you know. I think yeah. the Transformers movies kind of ruined her for a lot of people because she's just synonymous with, like, that stupid action. But... I don't, I don't know. I don't even really know where to start with that. Like Marvel clones, shut up. I hate that argument. Um, pineapple on your pizza. I, I don't you like have that. to, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things that when you get a pizza and you're really hungry and it has pineapple on it, you eat it anyway, but you're not exactly excited I, about uh, it. I don't, I pick it off. <laughs> I, you know, people like pineapple on pizza, whatever. I don't give a shit. That's not, but that's, that's a weird comparison. And it I, is a weird comparison. Especially when you give it a four star review. Well, Megan Fox has nothing to do in that movie. She did more in Transformers than she had to do in Jonah Hex. That's true. Oh, and this is another thing. Fuck, I forgot to look this up beforehand. Last week, I went off on a rant about uh, oh, filmmaking as a collaborative process and all that. You remember? Yes. It was a good rant. So uh, James Gunn, ever the amazing person that he is, had posted a tweet that uh, expressed everything that I was thinking, but in one incredibly succinct, easy-to-digest way. <laughs> right. Let me see if I can find it now. i got to sort through my likes on Twitter. Okay, here we go. So, so somebody posted this. Somebody asked James Gunn, what's your biggest advice for a director working with a studio the first time and not having full control? And James Gunn's response was, listen, take everyone's thoughts into account and consider everyone's ideas, even if you have a negative gut reaction when first hearing something. When people feel like their ideas have truly been considered, they're much more understanding about not having them implemented. So it's, you know, like, listen, listen to everyone around you, which is kind of what I was saying. And then he, and then he responded to this tweet uh, with, with another, like, kind of caveat to it. He said, again, this is James Gunn, if there's one reason I get along well with both artists behind the camera and executives, it's this. 
It also stops me from making a movie in the vacuum of my own ego. <laughs> well said, sir. Yeah, which, again, yes. if you're not listening to those around you, that's what you're doing. You're making a film in the vacuum of your own ego. And sometimes, on rare, rare occasions, that works, but I can't think of any examples off the top of my head. <laughs> it's always going to work for some idiot, but... Uh... Yeah, right. All right, then. Okay, next. Um, we have gotten a few responses to the Human Target episode from last week. Human Target pilot episode. Um... Travis Powell says, still one of my favorite character cameos in the Arrowverse. Which, is, yeah, like I said, I, I think he was implemented, or the main character in Human Target, Christopher Chance, I think he was implemented far better in the Arrowverse than just about any other show that he was on. And he was uh, played by a different actor. Yeah, so like Will Traval, I think is how you pronounce his name. The guy from Jessica Jones. And Dan Roberts says, great cast, I enjoyed the show, shame it didn't catch on. I mean, it had two seasons. It's somewhat of a catch-on. Um, Dan Roberts also hosts a podcast called The Daily Detour. So look that up. I think it's like on episode 50, 51, something like that. Anyway, check him out. He's funny. All right. Uh, and then I got this message uh, from Nick Wells, who commented about Human Target. Um his question, and I, I've been thinking about this, and I like your input. He said, what if they did Human Target like Quantum Leap? In oh. that instead of seeing who he's impersonating, you, you see Christopher Chance. But everyone else sees the other person, you know? That would make sense. It would, but like I, what I said is I, I, don't, I don't think that would work for a show like Human Target. It's supposed to be grounded. True. Like, you know, there's no supernatural, there's no crazy time travel or anything. It's not like Quantum Leap where it's goofy and it, you buy into the, the craziness of the situation and the sci-fi of it all. Um, I think it works for that, but I don't think it would work for something like Human Target. It would just be like, why? So did they see the guy or? <laughs> it would have to be finesse just so because either it would be kind of surreal and cool and interesting or it'll just be cheesy and dumb. Have you ever seen Memoirs of an Invisible Man? I have not. With Chevy Chase. Directed by John Carpenter. And uh, it's Chevy Chase was a guy that gets turned invisible. And like half the time, it's like, you see the sandwich floating while he's carrying it. And half the time, it's just Chevy Chase. And like you can see him while he's like like moving a guy's lips and pretending to be him. You're like, oh, hello there. <laughs> <laughs> and it works really fucking well in that movie. Which, that movie kind of got ignored when it came out, and I think it's considered, like, lesser Carpenter quote. But uh, I watched it probably about a year ago. It's really fucking funny. <laughs> Worth the revisit. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, I, I don't know, Nick. I don't know how that would work. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to say that that would work, but I, I, I have my doubts. Either very bold or very dumb. Yeah. <laughs> write, write up a script, and we'll get going on the pilot, and we'll see how it looks. Okay, Nick? <laughs> Couldn't hurt. All right. Now, I think this is going to be a short episode. Have we come to the moment? Yeah, now we're going to move on to the uh, the main thrust of the episode, which is a few weeks ago, I was dicking around on eBay, <laughs> and I found a seller who was selling a box of 100 Vertigo comics. Uh, just random Vertigo comics. The only caveat was he said no duplicates. And he, he had like 10 to sell. And I was like, huh, and I was looking at it, and it was, it was cheaper than, than you would buy. Like, it was basically, I don't know, 50 cents a comic. Maybe a little bit more than that. I don't know, 
75 cents a comic or something. So the more I was looking at it, I was thinking, like, I feel like I should just go for this. So I went ahead and bought it. The uh, seller's name is just all one word, Cyberspace Comics. Uh, it arrived just within a couple of days, which is like the quickest I've ever gotten anything on eBay. <laughs> and uh, I've been saving it until today because we're going to do a mystery box unboxing opening whatever fucking YouTubers, the mystery Paul. things. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going to be doing that today. My daughter loves those mystery box videos. Does well, she? she used to. She doesn't much anymore. But back in the day, man, when she was she was a toddler, she would just be glued to YouTube watching those. <laughs> All about it. Well, it's a mystery. Exactly. So um, I've got the box right here. And I've torn into it, but I haven't actually looked inside yet. Fuck that's heavy. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we're going to look in through this, or open through this box, sort through 100 Vertigo comics, and see what we can figure out about each. All righty. Yay. So it's separated into a few different bubble wrap packs here. Probably should have sorted this out earlier so it's not so loud, but whatever. All right. Gives them a sense of the action. Yeah. The abbreviated uh, name of this episode uh, is Sophia Gets Some Comic Books. <laughs> because Colby has so many already. Okay, first one on top. Neverwhere. Number nine. Oh, this is the last issue of Neverwhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I have this one. We've already discussed this on the show. Go back and find the episode. Yeah, because the Lady Door and Mr. Croup and Mr. Vendemar. Oh, that was an ad for uh, By the Last Man Library. That's cool. Um, wait, this isn't the... Oh, yeah, it is the last issue. Excuse me. I saw the Blackfriars there, and I thought that it wasn't. Um, cool. Well, that's a, that's a fun one. Neverwhere number 9 by Mike Carey and Glenn Fabry. Good book. Next up, we have Tainted. This is another one that I own. Um, this is a really weird, gross, depressing story. Yeah, we'll talk about it someday. <laughs> it's a fun read, though. Gross, like body horror? Kind gross? of. Yeah, I mean, a little bit. Ooh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so I see. But I mean, just look at the cover, and that just looks gross. It does. <laughs> looks like a disturbed person. Yeah. All right. Next up, Vertigo Jam. Fuck yeah. This is a cool one. So, this, um, back in 93, this was like a, a Vertigo sampler, I guess. And it's arranged like a mixtape. Oh, really? So it's like little bits of stories. Like here's some from Sandman. There's uh, Hellblazer. This is actually a really important Hellblazer story that ties in with the uh, Tainted Love storyline, I think. Yeah, there it is. When John was homeless and uh, tells a story about a guy that got his dick cut off. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, yeah, some Animal Man in there. Doom Patrol, Swamp Thing. And you already have this one? Yep. So yeah, that's a fun one too. Oh, Kid Eternity. I didn't know there was a Kid Eternity story in there. I've read that whole series and I don't think I read that. I have to go back for that one. God damn. All right, there you go. Um, next one. This is another cool one. The Vertigo preview, like sneak preview. Ooh. This is another one that I also have. But uh, so when Vertigo first came out, this was released, I think it was either oh, 75 cents. <laughs> so it was like a sampler of new stuff that's coming out. There's Death, the High Cost of Living. Sandman Mystery Theater. And it's just like snippets of the first issues. Mercy. So you get a great little teaser. Yeah, exactly. It's like probably two pages each. Oh, this is a fun one. This is the from John's 40th birthday party, Hellblazer. 
a story just called Forty. And there he is hanging out with the Lord of Lord of the Dance. <laughs> like you do on your 40th? Yeah. He talks about the Pogues and uh, <laughs> their song Rake at the Gates of Hell, which was the title of a later Hellblazer story because uh, Garth Ennis is a huge Pogues fan. <laughs> Excellent. And this was Sandman. I mean, yeah, Sandman, but Swamp Thing. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> We're handing you a line. Get anxious. That was Vertigo's first tagline, Get Anxious. Begins in January. That's cool. That is. I would rather get anxious about that than other things. Ooh, a couple issues of Testament. I've actually never read this comic, and I don't have any issues of it, so that's awesome. That's perfect. Uh, hold on, how many issues are Jesus? Wow. <laughs> you might have all of them now. Okay, we've got three, four, five, eight... Nine and ten of Testament. Nice. So again, a comic book I don't really know anything about. I mean, I'm 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 aware of it. I know the title, um, but I've never read it. I think it came out in like 2003 or four. The covers are gorgeous. 2006. I was way off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks really cool. Hey, Lady Constantine. Huh. There's an ad in there for Lady Constantine, one of the Hellblazer spinoffs. Um, cool. Well, I'm keeping those. <laughs> I like a lot of the ads in the old comic books, though. I don't know why, but they're fun. Hey, here we go. Got some fucking Terminal City. Oh, yeah, you Oh, did. a whole bunch of Terminal City. Oh, my goodness. And now you get a bunch of Terminal City. Yay! Okay, Terminal City number one. That's a really clean copy of it, too. It looks almost unread. Yeah. Terminal City, Aerial Graffiti, one, two. One, <laughs> two, and four of Aerial Graffiti. In the main series, two, three, and four. It's a good chunk of Terminal City there. That's it cool. Is. We've, again, talked about Terminal City quite a bit. It's a freaking amazing comic book. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Read it. Gorgeous looking. Um, so this one I've never seen before. This is a Vertigo 2015 preview. Oh. Uh, so it looks like it's a checklist of new comics in 2015. Survivor's Club, Twilight Children, Clean Room, Art Ops, Unfollow... Slash and Burn, Red Thorn, Jacked, Sheriff of Babylon, that's a classic now, New Romancer, Lucifer, when the TV show came out, they re rebooted Lucifer. Yes, I recall. Uh, last Gang in Town. I have only, I think I read the first issue of Lucifer, and I don't think I've read any of the other stories in here. I haven't read the new Lucifer. Well, this is an out-of-continuity Lucifer. It's like its own story. Oh, not, not set with the show. Yeah. Well, no, it's not a tie-in with the show, but it's not in continuity with the old stuff. But then the current run of Lucifer, well, I think it just ended, actually, is in continuity with the old stuff. So this is like a weird divergence. Oh, yeah, divergence. <laughs> Good word. So anyway, that one's going to me. <laughs> <laughs> mine all mine. Uh, Invisibles number four. Fuck yeah. Oh my god, this has one of the... <gasps> Ooh. It's got one of the uh, cards in it. Books of Magic. Awesome. You have you know, that one? I. You know what? I think I do, but I think I didn't. I think I actually had to... This is one of the only ones I had to, like, buy online. <laughs> so <laughs> I just is. fucking waited. That's so cool. I think I'm missing two issues of the entirety of The Invisibles. What's The Invisibles about? I haven't read that one. Uh, it's very, very complicated. Um, <laughs> it's like The Matrix, but better. Oh, all right then. And uh, Grant Morrison, so it's going to be weird. <laughs> it's, it's, like a, it's like a spell. <laughs> it's, it's like chaos magic oh. in the form of a book. And, uh, yeah, it's really interesting stuff. The main character looks a lot like Grant Morrison. <laughs> he kind of does. 
But yeah, so if you take uh, if you take the Invisibles and mix it with Neuromancer by William Gibson, you get the Matrix. Fun. It's, it's like that simple. <laughs> Sounds like a good time. Hey, Vertigo Rave! Fuck yeah! This is another one that I have. Um, it's another one of those like one-shot mixer things. Um, just a lot of little bits of different Vertigo stories. This one's called, uh, the first one here is called Mob Fire, which was like a supernatural mob story. Ooh. You notice uh, Mr. John Constantine there makes a little there appearance in it. It's cool because, so it's got characters like John Constantine in it, but then it's also got Mirror Master from The Flash is oh. in it. <laughs> so it's like a fun uh, mixture of DC continuities. <laughs> Things that you don't think would go together. Uh, what is... Oh, that's Kill Your Boyfriend. I have read that. I think it was another Grant Morrison. Kill Your Boyfriend. Face. I don't think I've read that one. That's a fucking intense look there. That it Dude is. slicing off his own face. Look at that. Ow. <laughs> Some more Invisibles. Seriously, that's totally Grant Morrison. That's exactly <laughs> like Grant Morrison. Uh, Animal Man. Sandman Mystery Theater. Shade the Changing Man. That's Ooh. one we haven't really talked much about yet. We have not. Peter Milligan wrote that series based on an old DC character that was kind of unused for a long time. And he resurrected the character in, I think, the late 80s. And the series turned into a Vertigo book. And uh, it's it's really cool. The character showed up later at the end of Hellblazer. I have to catch kind up of, on that one. Kind of gave the character a little epilogue. Interesting. Cool. Vertigo Rave. That's a fun one. Okay. Thank you. All right, on to the next. Drum roll for those listening at home. That is a big-ass box of comics. I don't know what I was expecting, but... I'm not even counting how many we've been through yet. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think, like 100 to a bundle? No, there's 100 total. 100 total, oh, excuse me, yeah. Ah! Ah! (laughs) like Christmas. Hey, this one has an ad for the Lobo animated series. Oh, cool. I never got to watch that. Uh, it was set in the DC animated universe. Lobo and the Gotham Girls. Uh-huh. Um, I can't remember what DVD it is, but that's all those Flash animated series are a special feature on a DVD that I have. I feel like I bought the DVD just for that. I think it might have been the Birds of Prey TV show. Okay, let's see what we got in this round. Most curious. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Ooh, Sandman Mystery Theater, number three. And four. And one. <laughs> <laughs> one, three, and four. There's some Sandman Mystery Theater for you. Thank you, Coinly. Fun stuff. Pride and Joy. This was a fun miniseries by Garth Ennis, art by John Higgins. It's like, a, well, it's fun. It's like a dark family drama like a like a dad who has got dark past comes back to bite him and he's got to protect his family fighting mobsters and stuff like that it's a fun one okay outlaw nation i don't i i think i'm missing an issue or two of this series and i don't know which ones luckily i have a nice little <laughs> list that list. will tell you oh, i guess i have them all now <laughs> outlaw nation so this is one i have not read yet um, but it's by Jamie Delano, the creator of Hellblazer. Um, and it's got great covers by Glenn Fabry, who everyone should know from Preacher. Yeah, those are absolutely beautiful. That's Stunning. Cool. And once again, these are all in really good condition. Yeah, they are. Your seller took very good care of his books. 
Phantom Stranger. This was cool. So this is a Vertigo one-shot. The main thing I remember by the, about this book is the art's by Guy Davis, the guy that does most of the art for Sandman Mystery Theater. Okay, yeah. So it's got that kind of weird, creepy art style. Um, but Phantom Stranger is one of the main characters in Books of Magic. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of a sequel to that. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, we're going to talk a little bit about him in our Swamp Thing episode. Is yeah. This... All right. Yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> he's not in that episode. Or he's, well, he's not, not in a that... pilot, yeah. but we gotta, well, we'll get there. So this next one, I am fucking floored that this is in here. Because this is one that I've been trying to track down, or really wanted to track down, but never have. Oh. So this is a, a reprint of the first issue of Preacher. But it's it was reprinted when the pilot of the TV series came out. So it's a reprint of the first issue, like the comic, but... It's got a new cover by Steve Dillon of the TV series cast. Which is pretty great. Yeah, so it's got Jesse, um, uh, Cassidy, and Tulip, but the TV versions. But the art is by Steve Dillon. And this is his last preacher art that he ever did. Really? Because he died like four years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, And I can't believe this was in here because I've been looking for this for a while. And online, it, it can be fairly expensive. And then there's, like, special stuff in the back about the Preacher TV series, like ads and about the characters and yeah, stuff about Vertigo. This is fucking cool. I'm so happy that was in there. A little gem. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got some more Pride and Joy, issue number one. Hey, Proposition Player. That's crazy. This was a book that I was looking for for a long time. I think I have all the issues now. Yeah, I do. Um, this is a Bill Willingham comic before he did Fables. Oh. And I have not read it yet, but I just recently, like within the last couple of years, got every issue of it. I mean, it was just a mini series. I think it was six issues. But there was one issue that took me forever to find. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I can't remember which one it was now. but Hopefully it wasn't fun. this one. <laughs> yeah. The Royals. I don't know anything about this. Masters of War? Yeah. By Rob Williams and Simon Colby. <laughs> All right, then. It's a couple issues of that. Issue one and two. Wait, and three or four. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never heard of it at all. Oh, yeah, me either. The covers are good. Yeah, I'll have to track down the rest of the issues of this series now. So this is from 2014. I don't own a lot of new Vertigo stuff. New meaning like the last five years of its, of its existence. So this is something I'm going to have to look into more. Looks like a superhero World War II story. Huh. Interesting. Curiouser and curiouser. Yeah. Well, it's always fun to find something like that that I'd never heard of. Because that's rare for me. Uh, Sandman, what is this? We got um, 47, 48, 50, 52. Have you heard of Sandman, Colby? I'm vaguely aware of the concept of Sandman. No, I actually own very few. Oh, this is Brief Lives. Oh, cool. I actually own very few of the... um, Individual issues of Sandman. I only own it in graphic novel. Yeah. So that's cool. Always looking for more Sandman. Nifty. Yeah. Hey, Karen Berger. Ah, there she is. (laughs) You know, if I may just deviate real quick and say that you've had some excellent t-shirts these past several episodes. You really have. (laughs) um, I'm looking to get some more. So I found... This website called Redbubble. It does t-shirts. And I found some... Pretty, like, deep-cut Vertigo t-shirts on there um, that I will be 
trotting out in the future episodes. Right now I'm wearing one that says Burger in the Vertigo uh, Vertigo logo style, I guess. It says Burger instead of Vertigo, um, <laughs> since she's the patron saint of Vertigo Comics. Or No, Neil Gaiman's a patron saint. She'd be the god of Vertigo. <laughs> she would. She would. <laughs> the puppet master. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, okay, and then, and then this bundle also has two more issues of Outlaw Nation. With some gnarly covers. Four and twelve, yeah. Some fucking dude in an electric chair. And I don't even know. I can't describe what's going on in this picture. I don't, I don't know what that is. It looks <laughs> beastly and terrifying and yeah. is very well drawn. There's some TV sets and long fingernails. Interesting. Huh. Well, Outlaw Nation, we're going to have to get around to one of these days. Okay. <laughs> All right, on to the next batch. This isn't our last one, is it? I don't know. I can't see that deep into the box. <laughs> we'll find out. All right, starting off with some Shade the Changing Man. Cool. If I recall, this is a series that I have every issue of as well. Yep. Uh, this is issue 37. I've only read, uh, like, I don't know, a third of this series. I need to get back into it. Well, this is actually quite perfect because I have no shade with Jamie oh. Man. Ah, Sebastian O. That's funny. Somebody just commented about this on Twitter. Um, I believe it was Tom Payer, uh, who is a former Vertigo editor. Somebody on Twitter uh, made a list of their favorite Grant Morrison comics. I mean, Nicholas Fomich. His list of his favorite Grant Morrison comics. Number one was Animal Man, and number 20 was Green Lantern. Um, and just a lot of other stuff in between. But Tom Payer commented, if you can find it, I, I'd add the wonderful Sebastian O and place it right around Doom Patrol and Kid Eternity, which is pretty high up on this list. So anyway, this is uh, issue three of Sebastian O. We briefly talked about this story in our first episode because this was originally written for Touchmark Comics, which oh, was the, right. the, comic, the adult comic book imprint that disney was working on in the early 90s that they abandoned when they imploded <laughs> so uh, <laughs> vertigo snatched it up and published it so there you go sebastian o number three three yeah, that's only a three issue miniseries excellent this is a fun one by jm demateus uh seekers into the mystery this was a, was a 12 issue series like a really weird meandering story about aliens and consciousness i mean just look at it look at that it's a fucking dense comic right there i read this probably five or six years ago so i should probably give it another read um but this is an absolutely pristine copy this looks like it like it feels like it hasn't been opened it's still stiff it's nice seekers into the mystery all right thank you sir another issue is shade the changing man number 33 that's a cover i've always loved oh wow shade full of knives in his back there sitting in a wheelchair who does the covers for that again this is... I don't know. <laughs> Hold on a second. Of course it doesn't say easily. Make a search. Huh. Shade was created by Steve Ditko. I forgot about that. Oh. He's a comic book legend. Um, I can't tell. I don't, I don't know who did the cover. But it's a cool cover, folks. I could spend some time... I mean, there's a signature right there, but I can't read it. <laughs> oh, I probably know better off. Yeah, no way. <laughs> okay, next up is Scarab. This is a comic I've really been wanting to read. Fuck! It's not the one I don't have. There's only one issue of this series I don't have. It's issue number eight. And what do we have here? This is number four. Ah. A lot of the covers... Yeah, okay, this is a Glenn Fabry cover, too. 
Um, he did the covers for this series. And I've, yeah, this is a series I've been wanting to read for a while, but I just haven't been able to track it all down. It looks out there, yeah. as many vertigos are. Sea Guy! Here's another Grant Morrison comic. This was a sequel, Sea Guy, Slaves of Mickey Eye. Uh, the original Sea Guy was like a satirical superhero comic book, and this is the sequel series. <laughs> That's cool. It's very slick looking. Yeah, exactly. Art by Cameron Stewart. Another Shade of the Changing Man, number 38. Aha! More wackiness. Thank you. Ooh, Shadows Fall. I read this a long time ago. I need to reread it. I love that cover. Yeah, it's got it's got like the same kind of art inside too. Oh, that's great. Really weird, creepy looking art. I like. This is by John Nay Reber and John Van Fleet. A lot of a lot of syllables there. <laughs> there <laughs> both, are. both both name is three words. Um, John Nay Reber wrote Books of Magic, the ongo- ongoing series. Okay. Um, or not the whole thing, but a good chunk of it. He actually, I think it was him. He said that he stopped. He had to walk away from the comic. Because Tim Hunter reminded him too much of himself in high school. And oh. he fucking hated the character then. Oh. <laughs> so he had to walk away from it. <laughs> he had thoughts and feelings. I think that him. was him. It was either him or he took over. I can't remember. <laughs> um, Saucer Country. This is cool. Paul Cornell, who's a legend. Uh, he's written just about a million things over the last several thousand years. Um, this is a weird sci-fi comic that he made and i think it was a six issue miniseries i can't remember how many exact exactly but after it concluded it came back with a sequel called saucer i can't remember <laughs> it, it had a sequel uh, but it wasn't published at vertigo oh. i think it was published by idw oh interesting oh my god there's an ad at the end for iFanboy. that's a <laughs> website i used to go to all the time about comic books and it no longer exists oh sadness i remember being glued to their coverage of the Avengers when that movie came out. They had like a whole week long special about the Avengers and like Agent Coulson and <laughs> important what? things about the Avengers. Why'd it go away? I don't remember. I think it I think it existed for a podcast. Maybe still does. I don't know. But the actual comic went away. I mean, sorry, the actual website went away. Alas. Oh shit. Here's some good stuff. Sandman Overture. I have this. I don't know if I have this edition of it, though, because they made more than one cover of this. Sandman Overture was a sequel to the Sandman series proper, mm-hmm. written by Neil Gaiman, uh, but it came out in 2014. And the whole time, you're not really sure where this fits in the continuity. And then, like, the last two pages of the series, the way, the way it ends, you know exactly where it's going. Like, it's hard to explain. But, uh, <laughs> well, it's beautiful to look yeah. at. It's a really cool, really cool series. Um, Sandman Mystery Theater, number 11. Was this? Oh, The Brute. I remember that one. This was one of the ones that was not, uh, the art was not done by Guy Davis. Who was it done by? R.G. Taylor. And, you know, I mean, God bless everyone that did art in this series. And everyone, uh, you know, like this is perfectly serviceable and, dare I say, good art. But uh, it's not... Uh, Quite the same. Yeah, it's not Guy Davis. And no. to me, if you're not going to do Sam and Mr. Theater with Guy Davis, then what's the point? <laughs> then why? Oh, there's an ad for Children's Crusade at the back. Uh, have you ever heard about that? I have not. Children's Crusade, well, I'm sure we'll get to it eventually, but it was Vertigo's one and only attempt at a line-wide crossover. Oh. It was a crossover between um, Books of Magic, 
Animal Man, Sandman, Black Orchid. It might be another. Oh, and Doom Patrol, I think. And and then there were two like one-off issues that kept those. And uh, it was like a noble failure. Like nobody liked it. Nobody wanted to read it. And it was really weird and stilted because of the writing process for it. But I think about five years ago, it was redone. Like they, Neil Gaiman kept his sections that he wrote, and then they kind of redid the middle sections and released it as a graphic novel called Free Country. Okay. Did it's was it told more smoothly in that one? I don't know. I haven't read it. I have it, but I haven't read it yet. <laughs> I've actually started it a couple times, and then every time I get like five pages into it, and then I think to myself, I should just read the original first, <laughs> and just so I can compare, and then I never get around to that. Someday. Another Outlaw Nation. I remember that cover distinctly. That was in a lot of trade magazines at the time. This So far, this looks like one of the most intriguing offerings yeah. I have here. Those fucking covers of, what's his name? Um, goddamn writer, or the artist, Glenn Fabry. Fabry. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Those fucking covers are something. They are. They really are. Holy shit, we got a big pile of Sandman Mystery Theater. Oh, goodness. Wow, yeah, a lot. <laughs> I'm the right. most... Issue, issue two, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and twelve of Sandman Mystery Theater. How many more do I have to go? Uh, I don't know, like 50, 60? It's a noble start. All right, looks like there's one more. All righty then. Got these packages in there. Fucking hell. The lengths to which we go for you guys. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's your what was the seller's name again? Or his handle? Cyberspace Comics. All one word. Thank you, Cyberspace Comics, for taking such good care of these wonderful little gems. Yeah, I looked through the store as well. Uh there's a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff on this dude's stores. In eBay store, Jesus. So uh <laughs> Please, uh, please go and support Cyberspace Comics. He also, I actually emailed him after I got all these and said, hey man, thanks for all the comics. This is great. I'm going to be doing like a mystery box episode of my show. Um, is it okay if I name check your store? He said, yeah, sure. And he goes, oh, by the way, I'm also gonna, going to be putting up an auction of 1,000 Vertigo comics. No repeats <laughs> if you're interested in that. And I was like, I, yeah, that's way too rich for my blood, man. <laughs> I can only imagine the bidding war on that. Yeah. Here we go. All right. Well, I guess there's kind of two things here. Oh, I see a Swamp Thing. Ah. All right, here we go. Yay! Swamp Thing number nine. This was the uh, 2005 Swamp Thing series by Joshua Dysart. I don't know how to pronounce that. And Enrique Breccia did a lot of the art for it. He was the artist from... Uh, Lovecraft. Lovecraft. Yeah. yeah, you can totally see that in here. <laughs> yes. Oh, what a perfect... Looks like it could have been in Lovecraft. Right. What a perfect artist to illustrate Swamp Thing. Yeah. I think I brought that up in the uh, episode, but I don't remember. Um, but yeah, some of the creatures and ghouls in this look, look right out of that. Ghastly. In a wonderful way. So, there you go, Swamp Thing. Ooh, Spaceman! This is a series I've never read. This is by Brian Azzarello and Eduardo Rizzo. They're the team that did 100 Bullets. Yes. I actually, I take that back. I have read, I think I read the first volume of this. I checked out at the library like 10 years ago. Uh, 
eight years ago. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't ten years old. <laughs> and you have this one? No, I don't. Okay, all right. Skin Graft. This is a cool miniseries. Um, Adventures of the Tattooed Man. A Tattooed Man is an old Green Lantern villain that they uh, brought into this series as like a kind of a new character. This dude with magic tattoos. It looks like... Oh, wow. Yeah, that looks like a fun one. Yeah, it's written by Jerry Prosser. The artist is Warren Cleese. He also did the art. It's that Mobfire comic I was telling you about. And uh, he did some Hellblazer and stuff like that as well. All right. Ooh, here we go. We got some classic Swamp Thing here. So back in the 80s when Alan Moore took over Swamp Thing, that was a series called Saga of the Swamp Thing. And after he took it over, I think... I can't remember if it was when it switched to Vertigo or not. They just took off the saga of and just called it Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is that continuing run. Uh-huh. But it's just called Swamp Thing there. And this is when Nancy Collins was writing it. Oh, cool. cool. All right. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's a treasure. 130. So we got, what is that? Is that number? 129? 129, yeah. 129, 130, 131, But that's when it was, it was originally written by Andy Diggle, who uh, has done a lot of Hellblazer and, wait, did he do Hellblazer? Fuck, I'm drawing a blank. Anyway, Andy Diggle's done a lot of comic books uh, for DC. He's really well known these days because he's the namesake of a character on Arrow. There's a character on Arrow named John Diggle, Uh who was named after Andy Diggle. And uh, in Arrow, he has a brother named Andy. <laughs> and and then after that, that character of Diggle was incorporated into the Green Arrow comics. So he lives on. Yeah, and the reason he was named that is because Andy Diggle wrote Green Arrow Year One, which was a retelling of the Green Arrow's origin. And is Mr. Diggle no longer with us? No, he's still alive. So, oh, nice. Still alive, writing comics. Excellent. Ooh, Spaceman number two. Another one for me. I'm glad you're actually getting something out of this too, because yeah, I was, you know, I was hoping for a couple. I was hoping for some fables because I don't have much of fables. I have almost the whole series in hardback, but I don't have very many single issues. I was hoping for some fables, some Why the Last Man, and um, shit, there's something else. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess this it's better than nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly think so. But then there's a couple more issues of Skin Graft, issue one and two. Couple more issues of Shadows Fall, two and three. Wait, what? Who does Shadows Fall again? What's right there? It's John Nee. It's, it's the Johns. John nee. the Johns. Yeah, the, <laughs> the Johns with three names. I really like the covers for these. Couple more much. issues of Saucer County Country. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, the first issue is Scarab. Ooh, that. That's a cool cover. I remember that one. That is specifically. Oh, Sci Spy. This is one that I don't have. Like Doug, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but uh, Doug Minch. Minch? Sure. Yeah, why not? Minch. And Paul <laughs> Gulacy. Yeah, it was inked by Jimmy Palmiotti. And He's, what is it about? Uh, I don't know. Sci spy. Sci spy, dude. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Uh, first issue of Sebastian O. And the second. So you've got the entirety of Sebastian O. All right, all right. So we'll have to write that or read that one of these days, too. And Steve Yole did the art for that, um, which I should address because he's a really good artist. I was first introduced to him because of his art for Starman, which is kind of the comic that... I, I think I brought this up in the first episode. Starman was kind of the comic that brought me into, like, grown-up comics. 
into the fold. Yeah. That's cool. Spin Across America Tour. Still spinning. <laughs> Jill Thompson, Grant Morrison, and Steve Ewell. It's like comic signings. That's cool. That is cool. Have they all, come anywhere? All over the U.S. Uh, a lot of California, Georgia. California and Georgia. So across the U.S. means two states. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they stopped for gas in some other states. Exactly. <laughs> Had to break for lunch. Yeah. All right. All right. Last, last batch. Here we go. See what we got. See what we got. Outlaw Nation number six. I'm getting all of the Outlaw Nations yeah. here. Other World. I have not read this, and I don't really know anything about it. It's another one of those... No, it's not. I was going to say, it came out in 2005. I thought it came out later than that. I was going to call it one of those latter-day vertigos, but it's definitely not. This is some dense art. It is. It's hard to tell what I'm looking at. Lots of detail <laughs> going on there. Yeah. Um, anyway, it looks cool. Andy Lanning and Jeremy Cox. Oh, Phil Jimenez. Andy Lanning and Jeremy Cox. Phil Jimenez's name is so much bigger than the others. <laughs> he had a strong hand to play in that, apparently. More Outlaw Nation. One, two, and three. Very well, then. It's got to be close. Oh, here's some more Otherworld. Number one and number six. Ooh, hey. Oh, shit. Check it out. Yeah, but look what's underneath that. What's underneath that? Oh, never mind. I thought that was Invisibles. <laughs> Invisibles number three. That's cool. And this is 94, so this was the first volume of Invisibles. Because there's three volumes of Invisibles, uh, and each one is just, like, renumbered. So when you get Invisibles number one, it could be Invisibles volume one, number one, volume two, number one, or volume three, number one. Ooh, lots to keep track of there. Yeah. Eternity. This was a fun series. So this was a spinoff of a Grant Morrison miniseries. The original miniseries by Grant Morrison, I believe was written in the 80s, Free Vertigo. And this uh, series was written by Anne Nascenti. And it's kind of a, it follows along with that, but then it kind of sets its own pace and does some retconning of the Kid Eternity history. And, do you know anything about Kid Eternity? I don't. He's a comic book character from the 40s who was this little kid who uh, had the power to call historical figures into existence by right. saying the word eternity. Mm -hmm. So you'd say like eternity, Al Capone or something. And Al Capone would show up with Tommy Gunn and help him out of whatever situation he's in. King Arthur or whoever. And uh, <laughs> I think it's in this series by Anna Senti that says that that's not really how his power works. They're actually just demons that take the form of these historical figures. Oh. And in Morrison's series... It explains that this is all about, like, he's an, actually an agent of chaos. And the agent of, agents of chaos and agents of order are at constant odds with each other. He also, in the original story, he's in a steamboat that gets sunk by, like, a U-boat. Oh. And he's with this guy called Uncle, or... Ah, I can't remember his name. But in Morrison's story, it's highly implied that, that his uncle is really just, like, a pedophile who has him... Um, who has him, like, enslaved. A little dark. <laughs> and this guardian angel named Mr. Keeper, I believe is his name, um, is actually an, uh, one of the agents of chaos. But within DC, DC lore, like the wider DC lore, the agents of order are usually typified with um, Dr. Fate. Okay. Whose helm of fate was in the first episode of Constantine. Oh, that's right. It all ties together. It does. Oh, House of Mystery. This is a series that I've been 
um, hesitating to collect because there's a lot of it and I don't have much. <laughs> Actually, it looks like I hardly have any of it. So, there's number 14. Um, that's, you know, based on the House of House of Mystery and House of Secrets from Sandman. Okay, it's kind yeah. of a spin-off of that. He's going wildly different directions, though. Like, oh, that's toward the end of the Hellblazer run. Huh. Okay, next is uh, Hinterkind. Hinterkind? Looks like I it. don't have any of the issues of this. That's cool. Ian Edgington, Francisco Trifoli. Trifoli? Maybe. I don't know anything about this. <laughs> it's got a nice watercolor type mm. cover. Oh, ad for Brian Vaughn. Yeah, the Brian K. Vaughn Swamp Thing series. This is funny because this is like after the fact. You're like, ooh, the winner, award winning winner of Why the Last Man in Saga. Because when this series came out, it was like kind of a thud. <laughs> I think it only lasted like 15 issues or something, oh. and it just kind of quietly went away. Not one of his more well-received. Yeah, well, I mean, now, now, yeah, it's fucking Brian K. Vaughn. Let's read that. <laughs> Back in the day, nobody cared. Well, there you go. Loveless. This is a cool series I'd like to get into eventually. Uh, it's a weird, western, dark story. And you know how we like our weird, western, dark yeah. stories. It's not, it's not like supernatural or anything. So when I say weird, I don't mean weird as in weird west, just <laughs> weird as in it's weird. Unusual. One of the things I, I read, I think I've only read the first probably seven or eight issues of this series. Um, one of the things I loved about it is just like everyone in it is the worst person ever. <laughs> <laughs> There's like not a single fucking hero in it. <laughs> Nobody is redeemable. Invisible's number two. Okay. Man, there's some good invisible stuff in here. Indeed. Which is not easy to find these days. More shade. <laughs> I feel like I'm really making out here better than you. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Which I know, you know, I don't have as many Vertigo books as you do, not by a long shot. But. <laughs> I like that title, Pygmalion Fever. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Pygmalion Fever. All right, last couple issues here. Seeker is, Seeker's into the mystery. Number 14, which is another one that doesn't feel like it's ever been opened. Sandman Mystery Theater, number 19. The Scorpion, part three. There we go. There's fucking Guy Davis's art. <laughs> He's back. Yeah, look at that. Oh, that was one of those ads. Vertigo Rave! <laughs> Just always loved old Vertigo ads. They're really colorful. Because last year I read through the entirety of Mystery Theater, and there's a ton of those ads in there. Like, there's a Jonah Hex one, and there's one for Sandman Mystery Theater, annual number one, Vertigo Rave. A lot of the ads in these books are almost as good as the book itself. Invisibles! There you go. Subversion has a new name. <laughs> Sandman, invite him into your house now. Wow. <laughs> and that's like, uh, oh, there's a memorial for Neil Posner. I remember that because he wrote uh, oh. Dark Stars. Yeah. And then Shadows Fall. But I, I just love how, like, the only ads in here are Vertigo Comics ads. It's not, you know, like, that's, that's cool. <laughs> and then the last one is uh, volume, or issue nine of Brief Lives from Sandman, which is another one of mine I'm keeping. <laughs> mine, all mine. I really like the art of Brief Lives. Oh, this is the one where Orpheus dies. Oh, nice. Well, see, there's, there's a, a good treat for you. Amidst all the stuff that you already have. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and there's Fear and Loathing, uh, ad for Hellblazer. That's the, that's the one where uh, 
I brought this up when we were talking about dangerous habits. Mm. This is the series where it says, so the ad, it says fear and loathing. It shows John walking through London. This is an archangel on earth, a vicious racist organization, and the master plan of a master mage. <laughs> so that's the one where uh, John tries to take down Gabriel oh. for working with neo-Nazis. <laughs> yes, you, me- you did mention that. That's also the story that causes him and Kit to break up. Oh, that's we're going to have really, to get around to that one. It's a really important story for John and Kit we have much more Hellblazer to cover. Yeah. I was an ad for Kid Eternity. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. So there you go. We, we made it through an entire fucking box of Vertigo comics. <laughs> just basically listing what we see. Hey, there's a Sandman. Hey, there's a Invisibles. <laughs> hey, there's a Sandman Mystery Theater. Still, it's probably one of my favorite episodes because, yeah, Sophia gets a shitload of comic books. Yeah, um... <laughs> The hundred, that's probably, you probably got 75 of the hundred. <laughs> I probably do, yes. Damn. Yes. <laughs> we can do this again anytime you want. <laughs> well, then you're buying it next time. Okay. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> All right. All right. So, yeah, um, I hope this was fun for anyone else listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you are listening, tell us what are some Vertigo comics that you, you're looking for or some you would like to start reading. Any that we talked about here that you're like, oh yeah, that's great, or oh no, that's shit. Please. Which cover us. sounded the best of what I read out of today? Indeed. Which cover that I said, ooh, that's a cool cover? Did you think it <laughs> sounded like the coolest cover? <laughs> well, there's a lot to choose from in that category. Okay, uh, so yeah, um, that was, I don't know, I guess fun. It was fun for us, but I, I don't feel like anyone's going to like this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly enjoyed it. <laughs> If it was like a YouTube video where we could actually show the covers, maybe it would be more fun. But I don't know. I don't have a camera set up. That sounds exhausting. It does. It does. <clears throat> but yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Well, like and subscribe. Be sure to share this with everyone that you know so they can listen to us talk about Vertigo Comics that we open. <laughs> <laughs> and if there's any titles in here that you think that we should read post haste. Can't say we'll do an episode on it soon, but, you know, let us know. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter at Vertigo Voices, Instagram Vertigo Voices, and email us vertigovoices at gmail.com. Oh, one last thing. Um, I mentioned, I think it was last episode, maybe it was the one before, I don't remember, about Shelly Bond's Kickstarter. Yes. Uh, that's finished now. They weighed well over the amount that they wanted. So within the next, I don't know, couple of months, that should be... Uh, in people's hands. So if you gave money to that Kickstarter, give yourself a pat on the back like I am doing right now. Because <laughs> uh, it looks really cool. I can't wait to read it. Cheers. So next week, I think we are going back to pilot season. I don't know how many more pilot seasons we're going to do. but uh, We have several to work our way through. Yeah, exactly. I, just, I don't know if we should split them up or whatever. But um, we'll either be doing Doom Patrol or Swamp Thing next. I can't decide which. But we will decide eventually. So either way, it'll be fun. Yeah, both are were good good first episodes. They were indeed. <laughs> so, all right. Well, that's about it then. See y'all later. I guess. Keep listening. Keep reading. <laughs> Thanks so much. And go buy some stuff from Cyberspace Comics. Yeah, I'm going to go read mine very soon. <laughs> all right. Goodbye. Bye.